1: This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network.
2: My name is Keen, and I'm ready to shine like the big bright star I am. My name is Troy and stars are full of gas, baby. <laughs> and you're listening to Pod, your favourite RuPaul's Reaction podcast. And Troy, you are... A, a Britney historian, I've heard you describe yourself as, and I think it's fitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, for this episode, we're going to re- recap, and maybe for the rest of the season, I might ask you to describe this episode in a Britney Spears song title. Mm-hmm. So, season 16 of RuPaul, episode four, what are we going for? Well, this is one of those rare moments where it just is so perfect. It's the perfect song
0: for the moment. It's selfish. A song by Britney Spears that just seems to be having a very, very big moment, thanks to Justin Timberlake. And also in every RuPaul's Drag Race episode when they pick characters, there's always very famously a selfish person who like ends up throwing the whole dynamic off. So it's yeah. fitting, you know.
2: Absolutely. Okay, well, stay tuned to the end and I'll play you a, a snippet of Selfish. Yes. But until then, we've got a really, really fun guest, uh, Jesse Chambliss, who is host of Jesse's Girl podcast, Best Friends with Troy, and a really, really fun guest. We get into this week's uh, share challenge, the live improv challenge, the whole works. So let's go. jesse chambliss thank you so much for joining us here on sissy that pod how are you enjoying season 16 of drag race
1: oh well first of all thank you for having me i'm so excited to you know lose my virginity here um and (laughs) i i've had my ups and downs with this season i feel like it came in really hot and then uh last night was a little bit of a stinker for me
2: oh tell me more
1: Um, It was very bad. It was a bad episode. (laughs) Um, I watched it with about 10 friends. We usually watch in a a group at someone's uh, apartment. Troy's been to this place before actually too, and he's been in in my city, but um, they, uh, we are usually like talking and excited and just like you know commentary about what's happening in the episode, and uh, there was a lot of silence last night um the challenge was was tough I feel like the writing was abysmal
2: I feel like the that the the crickets sound effect was being played in your living room yeah <laughs>
1: and it would have probably enriched the environment if it had been
0: <laughs> instead of the snake rattle it was the <laughs>
2: yeah they should i mean you can buy the shade battle you should get the crickets one as well they should do like a two-for-one yeah. job that you can you can get just like a rolling soundboard for your evening yeah um okay this episode notwithstanding who are you most excited for from this this crop of queens
1: yeah um i am really loving um what nymphia is doing um, I feel like the the looks have been immaculate, great personality to match, so that's really fun. Um, Safira, uh, same kind of mentality for me, um, and then I feel like Dawn and Q are up there for me. Um, and I was, ex- you know, I I'm I was excited to see what Mirage was going to bring as well.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of Q, we are. I mean, I feel it's really early for us to get the I should have won narrative from somebody, but we've got it almost straight out the gate with Q. Is that impacting how much you like her?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, you know, we've seen this lineage with Jan and then, um, you know, Lucy and and some of these other queens, whether it's the edit or not, Um, but uh it's real early with uh, Q, but I I do love to see people like self destruct on camera. Um, I just thought it was like a little more endearing with Jan for me personally. Um, but I am I'm always open to being swayed because my you know I think my mood changes from the beginning of the season to the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, Troy. Last week we were chatting about that Plain Jane Amanda. Cracker in Untucked. It was kind of addressed here. Does this change how you view playing, do you think?
0: No. <laughs>
2: I still don't <laughs> like
0: her. I just like it. I don't it's not that I don't like her because she's like shady and conti. I don't like her because I don't think she's funny. And I don't like when people come into drag race with like trying to have like a pre-picked out, like, this is gonna be my identity on the show. I'm gonna be the villain. It just doesn't land, and I was saying last week, like, the reason that people like, um, like, Gia Gunn are such good villains is because it comes naturally. Like, Gia is just a cunt, you know, whereas, like, I don't know, she's just trying too hard for me. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. such a, a, like, everybody's, like, trying to get camera time, and it's, like, she's the absolute fucking worst to me with that. I agree. It,
2: Jesse, you, you were, yeah, you, you were you were clicking away there. Did you buy this apology from Plain Jane?
1: Not at all. I think that she realized she came in too hot. And so she was like, okay, I need my little redemption arc so that I don't alienate the audience for those who aren't on board. Because, you know, when I compare her to a more recent example of like Mistress from last season, Mistress was mean, but she was funny.
2: Hmm. I also think Mistress was ready to read everybody, where it from playing it does seem like she's specifically targeting Amanda and nobody else. And like, why? What did,
1: what did she do to you? <laughs> yes, her eyes are a little beady, okay? Um, <laughs> does it doesn't mean you need to come for her. She's nice.
2: <laughs> she is. She's so nice. And even this moment of, like, when they're picking the roles, playing Jane, going, oh, Morphine, you shouldn't take that role, because basically i'm gonna outshine you and i don't want you to go home like what a backhanded (laughs) comment, or like you know comment that is you know i don't want you to go home because you're going to be worse than me basically
1: (laughs) thanks great (laughs) did you do me a favor
2: (laughs) thank you i fundamentally and I, i feel i say this every time there's an improv challenge i fundamentally fundamentally feel that the show views it in the wrong way because Rue says at the start of the episode this challenge is all about creating a breakout character and that is absolutely not the mentality you need to have in improv because you're all supposed to be supporting each other and sometimes the most boring character is the perfect antidote for the breakout character that makes them whereas if you just have five clowns in the scene you don't have a scene so I think that's what ultimately fails in some of these challenges and I mean sometimes the writing is rubbish too.
1: Yeah I think that's a great observation. And I think too, it's about and some of the feedback that the other judges usually give is just like owning it, even if your performance is a little more understated, like being confident in it and owning it. And that's what um, that's where you can shine, even if you're not the loudest voice in the room.
2: I actually think were some really fun lines in this episode and just sort of like, uh, yeah, fun comments or U-turns or like there was a moment of Mirage sitting on that purple poof writing her notes on her own which was kind of giving me laganja under the table energy
0: <laughs> the way she was sitting on her legs was so funny to me for some reason yeah. it was like a, like a child like playing by themselves in like like kindergarten
2: Yeah, yeah, big energy of that. And then at one point, Megami gets two talking heads back to back and goes, you know, I'm from New York. SNL is basically our culture. I'm going to be fine at this. And then a minute later, I'm worried Plain Jane's going to outshine me. (laughs) I was like, well, which one is it? You need to make up your mind. (laughs) I also
0: love the qualification of being like, I'm from New York. SNL's in my blood. Like, I don't think that's how that works.
2: Okay, well, we get into the main challenge. Uh, First up was the... The world is going to end skit that had um, morphine, uh, tsunami, Maya and Geneva. Um, Jesse, who, if anybody stood out in this and who flopped?
1: I didn't mind Maya at all in this one. I thought that she, you know, sometimes you swing hard and maybe she didn't have this in her necessarily, but I didn't think she did poorly at all. I think that she'd like wanted to show her personality more. And so she was like, I'm gonna have this wig off. I'm gonna be like a little bit of a mess and, you know, type of thing. And so I didn't mind that. Um, and, uh, obviously like, uh, the, the Lindsey Graham reference was like fully over, um, uh, Geneva's head, so she like wasn't able to like own that character, and I was just, you know, I think that some of the dialogue that we were having amongst my friend group when we were watching it was like, did you ask anyone? Did you? And then they, and then they brought that up for the judges, you know. But um, I don't know. She just, she, she was like, oh, I don't know who that is. So I'm just gonna create this version, and you can do that sometimes, but it needs to be funny, and so. I thought that that was the high and the low for this skit. The other two were just like fine, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I felt sorry for Maya in this episode because I think we we had like done the walk. We had done like the bit after the runway last week and then Rue came in and set the challenge and then they broke up into their teams. And that was the first time I saw Maya on screen. I was like, oh, Maya, I forgot. forgot She had no camera time. Um, but I agree. When when the camera cut to her and she was like basically down like the bottom of the screen sipping her soda or whatever it was, that was the only laugh I think I got in that scene. Whereas, morphine, I think it's so difficult to play drunk because you need to keep the energy up and it's obviously so fake. And I just found that really cringe. So I I I definitely thought morphine along with Geneva were were the worst for me. What about you, Troy?
0: I totally agree. Morphine made me want to cover my eyes which like it made me like not want to look it was so cringe because it's like god like you're right playing drunk is so difficult but like you're also on drag race like just be ridiculous like let go you know what i mean it was just so fucking boring and um i agree i felt like mine was like fine it reminded me of um I don't know. I don't know. It just like, you know, what? like when queens don't know what to do and they don't know how to be funny, they just like do crazy shit. I would rather that than you just like standing there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, go for it. Like, be crazy. Let your wig fall off. Like, do something. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how, uh, what's her name? Oh, my God. I can't think of her name. The Dancing Queen. Um, oh, my God. No, from, uh oh my god i can't think of her name which dancing queen (laughs) flips and splits and she jumps off the stage and like like Akira or kennedy kennedy that's how kennedy found out she was funny by just like being crazy and then that became like another thing like a tool in her like toolbox like she's actually hilarious and didn't even know you know yeah
1: it's like trinity finding out she's funny too like having no idea
2: yeah I did enjoy Rue reading Maya as well, which was like, you know, I'm crazy. I have lip sync with fruit and stuff. Rue was like, Okay. <laughs> you take a watermelon up on that stage. You're crazy, girl. Okay. Oh my god. whatever, fruit. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was sort of funny. But the only thing I would say about Maya is I wasn't sure whether the wig coming off was intentional. I think it was, but because I had doubt never a good position to be in. That was my one I, I need to, to, to know it. if it was a planned wig reveal.
1: it did come off yes. real fast though so if it was on accident like honey that's real bad you shouldn't <laughs> be here
0: either way because it came off so fast that it was like if that was a bit we missed the lead up to that being funny it was like literally yeah. within a second the wig was just ripped off and hanging on the back of her neck i think it's it was like
1: yeah, it's like the reveal whenever you literally just walked out onto the runway and <laughs> yeah. haven't been out there yet.
0: Before you leave the threshold of the door.
1: Yes, which we've seen, too, this season.
2: Yes. Um, Mirage was up next as the host. I mean, I assume they gave her these jokes about the jibs and the booms and the crafty. Um, and I mean, I don't think she did awfully.
0: People Bloring. have done much worse. Like, people have done terrible at hosting mm-hmm. I thought it was bad like you could obviously tell that she's not funny jokes don't just come to her like she's not a queen that relies on humor or like maybe even hosting but like it wasn't the worst that we've ever seen on the show
2: yeah yeah I, I agree um maybe lacked a smidge of confidence sure but other than that I thought it was perfect line. and to be honest other than like that 10-second second, ten minute, ten second bit of with three jokes and then introducing RuPaul's performance, which I can't wait to get onto, she <laughs> she barely had any screen time. I kind of felt that was the position that would like get you cut, and it's interesting that Sephira was considering going for it at one point.
1: And Rue made that comment to Safira too, was, you know, asking, like, did you guys choose your roles? And then they had that little bit of drama when they were talking in the workroom, you know, because Mirage was upset, even though I felt like she asked for it. I don't know. I, it, that was a little confusing for me. Um, but, yeah, they were acting like this was the big role. So if you're going to get it, you better you better really do it up big. And then I was like, oh, this is the big role. You read a few jokes from a teleprompter. OK.
0: It also didn't have the energy of, I feel like the difference between this like hosting thing versus other um, like talent show episodes is like, I feel like she was supposed to have the energy of a celebrity hosting SNL. Like it didn't have that. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, I'm. I, it just didn't have that energy of like a famous person hosting SNL.
2: She she gives me real like skater dude energy, like very chill, yeah, relax. And that's the energy she brought to her hosting gig. That she was like doing ollies backstage, and she came out. She said it, and she went back.
0: She's like, "I'm so excited to be here. This is my dream to always be here." I'm, um, girl.
2: Yeah. or come out and give us an Ashley Simpson jig or some sort of like reference. Hey, <laughs> they are "Like look- who's your
1: who's your hosting?" inspo and she's like, mm, "Tony Hawk." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Okay, next up was the uh, the two the two the duo scene with um, Plain and Megami. I mean this this whole scene is based on that YouTube video of the Australian guy saying "Dick" all the time as "Dick," and it was the same joke. And I didn't even reiterate the joke as much. I mean, I think Plain committed to the character; she gave it a voice. I did not laugh at one point throughout the scene. I don't know how you guys felt.
0: Um, I mean, it felt very, like, so the version of this SNL skit that they copied is, like, one of my favorite reoccurring skits when, like, Vanessa Bear was still on, when they would do that, like, I'm not a porn star anymore, Molly Shannon. It was, like, very that, but, like, not funny. Yeah. and it's, like, I don't know, I, I felt like the point wasn't to copy an already existing um character on the show. <laughs> the point was to make your own. So it was like a not as funny version of what they already did on SNL to me.
1: Yep. I don't have much more to add. I agree. <laughs> um
2: and I could I would even go as far to say I would I would upgrade not as funny to not funny version of the yeah. character.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. <clears throat>
2: Just somewhat distinct. Then it's back to Mirage. To introduce RuPaul's performance on stage.
1: Now here is where my nipples are hard, and I am ready.
2: This was the it's highlight got... of the episode. <laughs> I watched it twice. <laughs> so tell tell me this: Ru must want to do these performances. We assume because there is no, we don't need them we're kind of getting one every season now what i um yeah i mean that's all i (laughs) can say and also i thought it was interesting how i mean this must have been done weeks before because the stage looks totally different did you see if the main stage like was like the full width of the back wall it was black Mm. so this must have been done a while ago um but i mean she was there and she was lip-syncing for some reason, it just always feels like <laughs> when Rue, like,
0: dances and stuff, it, it feels like I'm seeing something I shouldn't be allowed to see. Like, it feels like it should be a private moment almost. I'm like... Because it's, it's too pornographic and perfect. I get yeah. it. It's too sexual. I'm too erect. I'm too turned on. It just... <laughs> uh, it was a... And that's awkward around your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And well, it cool... depends
1: on your friendship dynamic, you know. <laughs> yeah
0: but I I was obsessed honestly I was obsessed I unapologetically love RuPaul's music like I really genuinely do and I listen to it like on every time yeah. and I was like another hit another pop <laughs> I long to add to my to my music like I was obsessed honestly
1: yes I agree Troy I was also obsessed I love that she gives us absolutely nothing
0: <laughs> yeah. um
1: I it was giving me very much um, Kylie Minogue's country album um, that she did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, "This is this is like I want to go dancing," you know. Um, and also, I, we were joking because I live in Texas. I was like, when people ask what Texas is like, I'm just gonna show them this clip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no matter who, or if I... <laughs> yeah, my grandma, pastor.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, this is,
2: this is my Texas
1: experience. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: But the whole like giving nothing like that is exactly like it's 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 like it's hardly anything. It's bare. It's not even nothing. Sometimes it has real. I just has re- like I just think of. Do you remember the Amanda Show bringing the dancing lobsters? <laughs> that just sort of like one arm up, one arm up. That's it. it's like there's movement. Is it to the rhythm? Probably not. But we're going with it.
1: Listen, she's. St- stuffed in that padding her wigs are probably pounds and pounds you know what i mean um she she coats them all in the like natural gas that she's like fracking from her um land (laughs) that she lives on and you know to give them an extra sheen and so they've got to be heavy the poor thing she's getting older that's true
2: did she even tell us what the name of the song was or that it's off the new greatest hits album did she she give us any of those i don't i don't believe so. (laughs) I just know that the <laughs> hit crew knows that they're going to be working
0: three times as hard if they have to perform with crew. It's like, let's go, girls. You know what I mean? Like, make sure your spurs are sharpened because Rue is not going to move
2: at all. Do you think on the bucket list of things, like, Rue has had a great career, a long career. Do you think there's still a bucket list of things he wants to do and one of them is to be the musical guest of SNL? Oh, I bet. But, like... It would be,
0: it would be very rude for it to be like a, like he would do like, can I get an amen with like an acoustic guitar? Like it would be the opposite <laughs> of what we would expect. You know what I mean? Very Trixie mentalities. tease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the next skit, which was Q, Amanda and Don. As the news anchors, you know, I thought Amanda and Don, although i don't didn't i don't think i laughed i thought they really did commit to the bit and i like i heard the jokes and i was like yeah I, i'm kind of enjoying this and then i thought q did a really fun job as the brick um and i even wrote down the line i gave you gay liberation with my body which is definitely something that we could be sticking on instagram posts <laughs> for the next 12 months uh jesse did this one crack a smile at any point um i appreciated
1: i think out of this skit maybe controversially um amanda the most i thought that she had like a fully realized character um i could tell who she was and what she was trying to do dawn kind of didn't really do much for me here and um dawn's like a top girl for me um and uh, i'm gonna say it i hated q in this i did interesting i did why um it wasn't funny at all i didn't laugh (laughs) like i got that she was like doing a thing you know i totally got it but like and when i'm and and, you know i had a little bit of substance in my body and when i do like anything makes me laugh so i was pretty disappointed that like that didn't even get it for me i was i it just it didn't do it for me there are a few other people in the room who i think were similar i was like watching the the uh reactions and uh there were people that were like gently smiling you know and then <laughs> people who, who were just like
0: eh. so this felt for me the most like snl like this was the most like my brain was like oh this is like snl this is really like i, I thought that they did a good job of like recreating weekend update and it felt really authentic um i didn't yeah. think that it like, Amanda or Dawn, like, really, like, hit it out of the park, but I also think doing, like, the weekend update thing is, like, kind of, it is kind of, like, chill, and the point is Mm -hmm. to let the person that rolls in, like, be, like, the funny one. I really liked the break. I thought it was funny. I don't think it was necessarily funny, but again, it felt the most, like, an SNL character. Like, I could totally see the brick sliding in on Weekend Update, and like I feel like the jokes would be similar, which is like maybe not a great testament to SNL at the moment, but um I didn't mind it, and I I I just am obsessed. I'm a Q apologist, so I'll always defend Q no matter what, even at her worst.
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you in that like as an idea of the we're personifying the brick. Everyone talks about who threw me, but no one's talking about me. Blah blah blah. blah. I don't know how much was written, or is that the only idea she went off? But I felt like she committed to a character. She gave the character a point of view. She lived in the world. It was kind of funny. I didn't raffle but I, I, I enjoyed it, and I didn't cringe. And you know what? Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you can, all you can ask for when it comes to drama. <laughs> Finally, then. Uh it is, I don't know why Christmas themed, but it is. It's a musical number from Plasma, and uh, Nymphia and Sapphira in honor of Barbara Streisand. uh Plasma really takes this home. Um Troy, did you think Plasma deserved the win off this performance? Yeah,
0: she was incredible. I thought she was really good. You could just tell that she has like actual comedic timing, she knows how to set up a joke, she knows how to like live in like a character. How to create a character, like she just got it. Like of everybody, she just got it the most. And she really, I think, upstaged um her sisters. <laughs> I thought she did a great job. And I thought that they were. I when the minute she said, like, now nah, you've given me the role that I was like basically made for and I'm gonna kill it, and you've just like screwed up. Like I knew that she was gonna do well.
1: Yeah. I agree. I thought she was great. Um, I was so annoyed that she like was such a brat about taking that role because I was like, "Girl, like you, you don't have to be this the whole season, but this is your time. Like, knock it out of the park this time. Like, set that precedent for yourself." Um, I found her personally to be insufferable in this episode. Um, but she was incredible in the challenge. I would, and like, I don't care. Even if I don't like you, if you do really well, like I'm going to give you your flowers and yeah, she definitely like upstaged the other two, but I actually think the other two like complimented it, you know, I didn't think that it was like, obviously she was the front runner 1000%, but I thought the other two did like just fine enough, that um, like it was silly. I, I like smiled and like chuckled a little bit throughout this one. And uh, I think that and even if there's like a one person who kind of like takes the lead here, if the other two are good enough and they can at least like not be bad, then that's like recipe for safety, you know, which I thought was great.
2: Yeah for sure. And it felt like it was kind of like he just didn't want it to end. He wanted to keep going, to keep riffing, to just keep giving more. It was great. And I loved, talking about how annoying she was outside of the challenge, I loved the shady like montage of her talking about Barbara. Oh Oh my God,
1: that was, that
2: made me, that was the funniest part of the entire episode. Are we, are we to assume that, there was no questions in between that, that she just basically <laughs> was like, I mean, I love Barbara, and then just spoke about everything about Barbara. <laughs> yes. It, just,
0: it was very traumatic for me because I was like, this is what I sound like to people talking about this, <laughs> 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 this lady behind me holding um, <laughs> bottles of perfume. That's what I sound like. Um I had a similar no- moment, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> too close to home
1: i know i looked over at my friends and i was like this is like whenever i talk about how hillary duff's multi-platinum first album revived a dying record label
0: <laughs> and they're like god 89.
1: stop They're like, stop <laughs> please you're so annoying at least i know
2: exactly um okay so that is the main challenge onto the runway we will get into the night of a thousand shares after this
0: If you don't have sound quality, get the fuck out of here and make sure you
2: listen to City That Pod. Okay, so the runway guest was Sarah Michelle Geller, who I think was really quiet during the actual like runway part. Seemed to give like good feedback during the critiques, but I actually kind of forgot she was there.
0: Um I wanted more Buffy references, I'll be honest. I wanted Buffy references, I wanted a screen two reference, I wanted an I Know What You Did Last Summer reference. I needed more I needed more Sarah Michelle Gellar and I understand that there are copyright issues we talked about that and now it's completely opened up my mind to like
2: it was actually fun that we spoke about that last week with this with this runway this week basically yes
0: it really has like changed my perception of like everything because I didn't really factor in like the copyright stuff but come on now you can mention Buffy we could have done Night of a Thousand Buffies. There's enough leather jackets and steaks and mini skirts for all the queens. Like, I don't know. I just wanted more Sarah Michelle Gellar.
2: Um A friend of mine sent me a TikTok of the movie Simply Irresistible. Okay. Have you watched that one?
0: Not in a very, very long time. Uh,
2: I have never seen it, but I wanted to see it because uh, if I get it right... Uh, it's she is a woman who play who inherits her mum's restaurant, but lacks the ability to cook. And then she meets a mysterious and possibly magical man at the local market. He introduces himself and sells her a magical crab that she uses yeah. to basically save the restaurant. And honestly, if a movie's got a magical crab. I'm there. So, it's the only Where were, the whole
1: episode. <laughs> where were the magical crab references? Sarah? Talk about copyright issues. You just described my memoir and I think I need to call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was chapter one and two. Yeah. The crab doesn't come in until much later in the book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's go through these looks um, of everywhere, every share, all at once. Okay, so we're going to go by the order of the posts on the Instagram page, drag.lux, if you want to scroll along with us as you listen. Um, so first up was uh, Nymphia Wind, who is giving Cher, Egyptian Goddess. I assume this is from 1979. I assume this is from like the Take Me Home era. There was, I, don't, I know it's not the album cover, but I know there was lots of sort of like... Ancient world goddess looks going on from share at that point. Um, she's got big transparent wings. She's got like a blue eye, sort of ank piece, and very little clothes other than that. But I liked it. I liked the concept, and I liked the execution. Uh, Troy, did you enjoy it? Yeah,
0: I like the. Con- I agree. I like the concept. I thought it was really well made. It was the most like Halloween costume share look to me of everybody. Like it felt very like I made this. But, like, in a good way, it was cool. I liked it. It wasn't, like, what I would have picked for myself, but I liked
2: it. Yeah, if, if you know, if I didn't know the runway category, I wouldn't have guessed Cher. Mm-hmm. But it, it still looks good. What did you think, Chessie?
1: I loved it. I think that the way that she wears anything, she sells it so well. And um, even just the way that she was like moving the the wings whenever she was walking down the runway, like she knows her body and she knows what looks good on her and how to capture your eye. So that's always something that I appreciate.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. A mandatory meeting is up next. She gave the share Barbie doll, and I thought this was an incredibly clever. Look to do because a lot of the queens are going to resemble looks in which their material is not going to cut the muster. Where she chose look, where the material looks so cheap and awful, (laughs) it would have been difficult not to elevate it because she does manage to elevate it in this like lavender, you know, cross X sort of shaped top and a sort of long sort of flowing lavender sequined cape and then a sort of big uh, fluffy ruff over the arms. I mean. From the neck down, I I thought this was lovely. Oh damn! I mean,
1: I don't know what to say after that.
0: (laughs) Listen, I one thousand percent agree with you. I still stand by the fact that I believe she's one of those queens that will watch the show and be like, "Oh, that's why they were making fun of my makeup." Oh my god! Like if she ever came back to Drag Race or whatever, her makeup would be so different and we would look back on this and be like god remember the remember her like really insane days where she looked like she just took a makeup palette and rubbed it on her face and walked out on the stage like her makeup is insanity but this look was great i thought it was really great there were some fit issues um it was like buckling and like gaping really (laughs) in areas that were like (laughs) kind of it was you know but i thought she did good it was it was good Yeah,
1: Cosign. Um, I was going to mention the the top kind of like riding up and like if there were boobs, there would have been under boob a lot for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Tsunami Muse. She gave us Cher The Prisoner from 1979. I know The Prisoner is an album, but I don't know where this image is from, but it, Cher looks amazing in it. Uh, and Tsunami looks good too with this sort of long silver tinsely kind of glittery wig that just covers her breasts and then uh i mean a pretty good recreation of the the wings as well from tsunami jesse are you a fan of this
1: yes i liked it um it i thought she looked really beautiful in it i thought it like fit really well with what she was going for um and not to be a shady bitch, but I think that she's miles ahead of her drag mother, who always has hideous looks. And so I've been pleasantly surprised by her. Always has hideous looks? Yes. There's nothing that Candy Muse has <laughs> ever worn that I've ever enjoyed.
2: Okay.
1: She's funny. Cool. She's
2: funny. That is she's funny. very
1: funny. Cool. But uh, I don't think there's not
0: a thing. Um, I thought that this was great. Honestly, I really, really liked it. I loved... I just thought she got, like, the the beating and the sequence perfect. Like it actually really like shares. And I like the wings. I just, I thought she did a really, really great job. It's like very, very fashion, very con. I liked her makeup. I love the eyeshadow. Like I just, and I love that she's all like glistened up and like oiled from head to toe. Like I just, I thought she executed it really well for it to be so simple.
2: Mm, Definitely. So now we have the first of several black sheer bodysuits. Um, from Morphine, she gave us the nineteen eighty eight Oscars, the one where uh, Cher. Well, mm, I know she, Moonstruck was nineteen eighty eight, but I don't know if that was the award in nineteen eighty nine that she won the Oscar. But anyway, um, black, sort of like um, Not sequined, but like shiny. We got a bra and panties over the black sheer bodysuit, and then a thin, long, a black velvet scarf with a black sort of updo uh jesse where'd you land on this
1: i i just thought it was like fine like safe expected you know kind of share stuff i don't know i didn't even really remember this at all until i i brought it back up like i don't know i will say though her face is always beat out of drag like i think she her makeup out of drag is really great um I just needed to find something nice to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I love her
2: top. Look. It's yeah, yeah.
1: I thought the shoes she wore in episode two
2: were looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's just not doing a ton for me.
2: She's not Troy. What you think?
0: She also does literally nothing for me. Like I have no attachment to her whatsoever, but I thought this was a really great, I thought this was one of the most accurate recreations of like an iconic share look. Like, especially for it to be one of her most famous and like a Bob Mackie piece like I don't know who made this for her but it's very accurate like they did a really great job aside from that yeah it's kind of safe it's kind of boring just like her it's like there's nothing super over the top about it it's what you would expect if you were like doing like a like you would expect to see this if you knew that the theme was shared I was waiting for it to come out honestly um yeah
2: sorry actually in the picture she has the oscar so it must be the issue in the oscar uh, yeah. yeah safe and boring just like her there we go you've heard yeah. her first um, yeah <laughs> <Dawn> <laughs> uh, gave Maude share from 1966 obviously from some sort of photo shoot um, and Don sort of reimagined the black and white image as sort of orange and turquoise with white pants with a flare with a turquoise inlay on the uh, on the flare um, Troy fan of this
0: You know, the thing about Dawn is that I feel like she's one of those queens that has the ability to turn every single challenge into like her challenge and it always feels very her. Like you never, she never loses herself in whatever the challenge is, which is cool. And I liked this. I thought it was cool that she was like, we don't know what color the actual look was. So I just decided to make it my own. Like she really made it her. It really was Dawn being filtered through Cher. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I liked it as well. And
1: I like how Dawn always manages to look like a woodland creature, like tree nymph in her makeup. Um, That's always fun. I I do love that there's a signature there, but she's able to make it work for each challenge. I think that's really smart.
2: And then uh, we have Megami, who's giving big Delta work energy with this turn back time. Look, black sheer bodysuit, stoned, black leather jacket with studs, big black backcombed curly wig. I mean, this this is if this is the canonical share look. Her sitting on top of that cannon with the sailors, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> with her vagina lips like so close to showing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can almost see a lady. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah.
0: This to me was the most safe. Like this was the most like. Took no thought whatsoever like oh turn back time it's like okay all right girl like it was fine again it was like kind of what you would expect it's a great bodysuit um I don't necessarily understand the makeup like the makeup was a really big problem for me and it was not share whatsoever at all in a million years but yeah I thought it was fine and I thought it all fit her really well and like her she looked like her body looked really good I thought
1: yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, the body was definitely giving like neck down was definitely giving share. Uh face was giving more like Winona Judd, which is a very specific yeah. reference. Um, but like, you know, the makeup didn't match for me. I also hate Megami. I'm sorry, not for any particular reason, but like I just have this deep burning hatred for her and she's going to skirt by being like safe enough for too long.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
2: I'm I, I. don't have any strong feelings for her. She has all the hallmarks of me. For me, as somebody who won't make the snatch game, who won't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that hate aside, they're gonna be like, never have this guy funny. on again. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he's nasty. Good thing I've, I already got a chance to talk to Candy Mews at DragCon, otherwise she wouldn't have spoken to me <laughs> You're the plain Jane of the podcast
1: yeah. <laughs> You know what, I'm actually because I can't just be straight up mean I'm actually googling on the side like Candy Muse looks to find one that I like
2: Okay <laughs> <laughs> right, Well, Safira is up next and she is wearing a look inspired by the Vegas residency from 2017 So in the side by side that we're looking at here, the hold, the whole the most like the, the signature piece of this look actually isn't even on the share look at all, or at least in the picture that we see, which is a big, huge neck sort of collar with this big, huge pheasant plumage at either side, um, and then underneath it, she's kind of wearing this kind of cerulean. Are we calling it um, sequin dress. I mean, I think this looks good, but actually, when you see the share photo, you think this is purely just an inspiration rather than a recreation
0: I agree with you it definitely is just like it's a showgirl recreation of a share look it's gorgeous it looks great on her it fits incredibly it's like over the top it's well executed like it's drag it really is just like good drag um Again, it's not like the first thing I would think of. I also find it so odd when the, but I guess, again, it, maybe it goes back to the copyright stuff, but I find it really odd when the queens are like, my look is from 2020. It's like, okay. Like, the, the tw- like a, a red carpet from 2020 where Cher wore, you know, a red suit. It's like these random, even if there were copyright issues, it's like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: I do, but I think if you look at Megami, I think she got around her doing turn back time by finding a picture that wasn't copyrighted mm-hmm. of of Cher dressing like that in twenty seventeen. That's where they have a turn back time twenty seventeen. Turn back time twenty seventeen isn't a thing, but like right. I think that's how she got around it. So I think if you are a bit more dissidious or you know hard worker, you'll you'll find a look that you can squeak in. Same when she did the telephone look. Whatever, Mm -hmm. two weeks ago or last week. She managed to get around it by getting a picture of Lady Gaga on stage in a telephone-esque outfit. So I think there's a ways around it. Uh, Jesse, where did you land on Safira's look?
1: I really liked it. I thought it was gorgeous and her cheekbones smacked me in the face. I thought I was watching 3D... Um, and so I loved it, but I'm kind of like starting to stand hard for her. So I need to keep myself in check, you know, for my reputation that I'm establishing here. So <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll find something
1: I didn't like about it. I'll write in.
2: <laughs> well, Q is up next. And I think the opposite to Saphira. Q's is, I think, the best recreation of a look. Um, This black and white kind of Cruella de Vil. Style, Sonny and Cher look that she had. Um, yeah, I when you see the side by side, it is very close. And I guess, you know, because she's such a seamstress, she has that capabilities. This could be my favorite of the night.
0: It's my favorite. This is unreal. It's the most act, but of course, because she's like, she's a details queen, you know, mm-hmm. like she really gets everything perfect down to the detail, and you can just tell. Like it just it's so good the makeup is incredible the headpiece is so good it's such a perfect recreation like and she's so good at sewing like she's such a good seamstress it's crazy
2: honestly she should quit drag and just recreate iconic diva looks seriously plain jane is up next she is wearing a look from this was the 1974 Met Gala um Again, it's not too close. The original look is very sheer, just sort of like scant, silver, iridescent, like stripes up and down the body, a lot of nude illusion, and then just kind of like a white feathery cuff, whereas that cuff is basically up beyond Plain Jane's shoulder and is from like basically the foot up to the hips. So there's a lot more that plumage, Mm -hmm. but it's still a really good look. I don't know how you felt
0: okay, this is the most homosexual thing that I'm ever going to say, which is setting a really high bar for me. Uh, um, so like the thing about that share look that's so special and like so many people have like tried to recreate it, like even like Kim tried to do like her version of it. But like the, the Bob Mackie version is so cool because it looks like she's literally naked. It's like giving Britney in the toxic video. Like she's literally naked with like jewels. It looks like they're just on her nude body and the feathers are just like, they're more sparse and it's like, it all looks like skin with just like things on it. Whereas when people recreate it, it doesn't look like that. Like that doesn't look like that at all. Um, it's pretty and you can tell what it's inspired by, but it's not giving share as Sean Mendez would say. I hear what you're saying,
1: Troy, but I didn't mind that she kind of like went a little bit of a different direction with it. And because I think it would be really hard to, emulate that without like days and resources and stuff like that so she was probably trying to like compensate in a way that would drag it up a little bit um but still like be the obvious reference point it was probably just i don't know how you could do what shared you know what shared did but then do another look that's fair but i don't think it was bad agreed
2: it and wasn't i, I liked not, it i don't think it was bad either. i
1: don't the think judges it liked it i i mean i liked it i thought it was i thought it was good and also like shared does have a lot of these like nude illusion things so like you know do another look i mean they're probably a lot of them are gonna be hard unless you're doing yeah. like your your standard like black share body suit some of the other ones are are really difficult to emulate
0: yeah for sure
1: and I don't even like Plain Jane. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you got it all out of your system at McGammy you see. So now you yeah. a, <laughs> a bit more give to go for flitting. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, Plasma is up next. She gave us a look from, oh uh, God, okay, where's has it gone here? The Met Gala, 1985. Um, more sheer. This time it's kind of like, kind of almost French inspired, kind of gold, uh, golden, outline over the pattern with a kind of gold netting and a black sort of velvet it's kind of and it has like epaulets on the shoulder it's kind of kind of royal guard esque almost and then a black velvet uh skirt Um, I mean I can see what pl- Plasma's going for it's not a great recreation of it and I don't know how well it kind of fits her body and the slit looks like it's the wrong part so I guess what I'm saying is I don't like it yeah
1: <laughs> I didn't like the neckline it looked like a t-shirt yeah yeah. And and I think that she went the wrong direction with her makeup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause Cher looks Cher's
1: giving like a very, you know, the that sort of like gaunt white, gaunt white face. Yeah, yeah. Like give me nothing. Like she's she's almost like trying to like emulate stoicism with her makeup, right? And then plasma Ooh. gave us like a contoured nose. <laughs>
0: Okay. She's kind of giving the Shein version. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like the Yeah, I was um, gonna
2: say wish.com. Yeah. com. Yeah, a tarot or whatever. It's that. the wish
0: recreation of a share look. I, I personally don't think it's terrible. I again I wouldn't have chosen it. Um and the makeup is really, really muddy and intense like this is not a season that's going to be known for like its makeup looks apparently um it's not great but I thought it was fine I don't think I dislike it as much as you guys do but I definitely think it's like a, it looks cheap to me
1: and she went for the bronzer instead of the white for the face I just yeah. don't really understand
2: <laughs> yeah yeah okay next up is Mirage who gave us 1979 share in concert again to your point Troy what you know not a significant reference here um I think the 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 original look is maybe slightly more belly dancer if I can if that's it okay I guess a way to describe it um whereas Mirage kind of made it more showgirl but I think that fits her 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 aesthetic uh, then obviously I mean the gayest thing Rue has ever said, which is like, I've watched her looks from over the years, so the 60s hair and the 70s look, it just stands out so much to me. I was like, I mean, fair enough. I mean, he knows this stuff inside and out, but I thought that was very funny.
1: Yeah, that was... I didn't mind it, though. I didn't either. I mean, like, I didn't even really clock the hair, to be honest with you, um, until they pointed it out, and then I was like, oh yeah, she's kind of wearing, like, a bumpet, But, um but I think that the top didn't fit super well or like maybe was cut in a way that was like almost giving nipple. Um, And so it was like not placed exactly where it needed to be. Um, But other than that, I didn't mind it. And I think that she kind of has like, you know, uh, an exotic dancer kind of aesthetic that she brings to things. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll
0: take it. I felt the same way. It was like, if, like, Naomi Malone from Showgirls decided to do, like, a share look, like, that is, like, her vibe. She really is always an exotic dancer in the high, like, and I, that to me is, like, the highest regard.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, that wasn't a read for me. I was like, she's a strip, she's a
0: stripper, and, yeah. um, like, <laughs> yeah. I like it. But, yeah, I'm specifically a Vegas stripper. Like, you know what I mean? It's so specific. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was, like, it was really clear what she was going for and I thought it was a fun like drag version of Cher's look and as far as the hair I almost kind of because of course me being the homosexual I am I did clock the hair I was like why did she have like Mars at- like a Mars attacks wig sure. on? look but like she's a drag queen and drag queens won't height and sometimes it throws off all of your proportions and makes you look really weird when your hair is against your skull in drag you know so yeah. I I, I I don't know I thought they were really hard on her like unnecessarily
2: in my opinion we'll get I guess we'll get to liberations in a small bit um we got two more to go and not two of the best anyway Maya <laughs> Ma- so first off Maya gives um Cher at the burlesque premiere now in the burlesque premiere Cher generally looks like she's doing the school run she's just got black jeans on and a black leather jacket she didn't. She didn't show up for this premiere. So why show it then? If you are going to choose that look, she didn't even dress like it. She <laughs> was, she, now she dragged it up, but it's a black sheer bodysuit, which Cher isn't wearing in the look, from what I can see, covered in stones and a black leather jacket with studs, and then a cheap wig. This
1: is a train. This is a train I, rack.
2: This, it's, yes, yeah. I think I don't think we need to say much more really about it. It was bad.
1: Choo choo crash. <laughs> yeah, it was.
2: It was bad. This is just bad. <laughs> it's bad, 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 bad. And finally, Geneva Carr gave us nineteen seventy nine Ringmaster share. Did she? <laughs> that, that, that's what she said. Uh, it's for the Ringling Brothers, who I don't know who they are. I don't know if you guys know. Um, and it's basically this red. You couldn't call them sequins. I don't know what. What would you call that material? That's like has the shiny epaulets or whatever in it. Uh, anyway, it's continuous from from leg to shoulder, and there's this like Madonna in the. Me versus the music video style top hat. Yeah. <laughs> With no feather, like the original. Look, like, I this is bad. I can I don't want to describe it anymore. This this is this is mm. looks inexpensive and bad.
0: It's like, it's like, yeah, like you you really have to squint your eyes and like tilt and go far back away, like hold it really far from your face to even like. Have the idea in your mind that it could be a share look. Like it's just so. I'm gonna go further, Troy, and I'm gonna say you have to close your
1: eyes, make her change, and then it will be yeah. a share look. And imagine a share look. Yeah, don't wear anything that your you're eyes. wearing right now.
0: Like It was just she is just like the worst for me. Like she is truly, I I cannot fathom how she got on this show versus other queens and other audition. Yeah, it was just terrible like just all around the whole the whole night for her the whole evening was just a flop
2: <laughs> so on
0: that note troy who were your three tops who were your three bottoms <laughs> well Janina was my bottom for just everything everything um my bottom three are as follows
1: morphine for obvious reasons Geneva for obvious reasons, and then Megami because I hate her.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to... <laughs> well, I bet honestly it was
1: a it was a Megami flop night though. Like if we just were, if we're just being honest, like she didn't do. I think well. it was a
2: Megami safe night.
1: Flop. Like floppity flop. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bad.
2: <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> yeah oh my god i mean if i'm gonna go for it i'm just gonna go in deep you know what i mean um
2: i mean i'm not too far off that myself to be honest because i think you did a really good job with the brick and i thought i think plaza did better at the challenge but i think you did a lot better at the runway so i guess it depends how much you weigh the two that age-old question i would not have put plain jane in the top i don't know i'm a bit allergic to her at the moment um so i might have put nymphia in the top instead because i think she really held her own in that challenge um but I could definitely see Zephira in the top as well. Whereas for me in the bottom, I would have had um, Mirage because I just kind of felt that was kind of a dud slot and she left no impact on me as the host. 100% put Geneva in there and I would have put Morphine and saved Maya because she actually made make me laugh at the challenge, which not too many people did. Um but look, who are we to judge? So the judges basically uh, give, the, give the win to Plasma and they put um, Geneva and Mirage in the bottom and they save Maya. Maya is saved from the bottom two for the second week in a row. The, so then I noticed here, Plain Jane and Safira are asked, are they going to drink their potions? Which means Nymphia did not get a potion last week for immunity. So only the queens who won the first two episodes won immunity which is not what I understood was going to be the case. Um and it really takes the twist of immunity like the impact of it a lot less now that we we finished with it. We've finished rating each other. We've you know gimmicks are over. We're back to just regular schedule drag race at this point.
1: You know, yeah. I I think though that um, instead of doing like immunity every week type of thing um like giving them a potion that they use at their own discretion, I think could be really smart for TV if the person thinks that they did really well in a certain challenge and doesn't use their immunity and then they are not safe um, or, you know, the opposite scenario. So I think that like it could potentially give us a good TV moment later on in the season. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt still in terms of the like potion.
2: Can we also have a moment for Maya's share impression?
1: <laughs> for her Kermit the Frog impression? <laughs> Cookie monster <Cher>? share.
2: <laughs> I'm great or whatever it was. Like it was so... even even <laughs> like even as a catchphrase, where does I'm
0: great go? <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh really hard when Rue was like, This is going to live it like this is a part of your life now forever. Like destroyed your
2: life <laughs> this is what you will be known for now yeah yeah i mean i don't like when when rue says oh it's gonna be a meme because whenever someone tells me something's gonna be a meme i'm like i don't want to make a meme out of it yeah but like it, it will be a meme probably for sure um, It was funny i liked it <laughs> so the queen's lip sync to share's dark lady and i've actually been uh coincidentally last few weeks doing a Cher deep dive are you familiar with Dark Lady the song yeah yes yeah so for people at home if you haven't listened to Dark Lady it's a really fun fun song because Cher basically goes to a fortune teller the fortune teller tells her that her partner is cheating on her Cher goes home in a panic realizes she can smell the fortune teller teller in the house, realises the fortune teller is the woman having an affair with her partner. And she goes and she shoots the two I'm like, the badass bitch that share is. <laughs> yeah, once she gets and, to the part with the gun, it's like, you're all... Yeah. You're all... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we didn't really get get that level of storytelling in this lip sync, because kind of what they're signposting in this lip sync is that Mirage doesn't know the words. <sighs> you know- which is really... It was really tough because I think they were setting her up to basically kick Geneva's ass. In this
1: well, thing. she was selling it with her body.
2: Yeah,
0: and she did the best she could for not knowing the words. Like I almost wished that she would have just not faced them a lot because she was like, she made it so obvious that she didn't know the words. It's like turn around and do more belly dancing, you know.
1: <laughs> it was really heartbreaking to watch. It was yeah well like the whole thing when you realize because like it didn't click for me at first that she didn't know the words because you know you're like enjoying the lip sync and you know seeing what they're doing and kind of like darting between them both and then whenever it set in i was like she's done for yep. and they're gonna keep this fucking bump on a log over here for another episode <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're not gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mirage Sachets away. I mean, it's surprising that sixteen seasons in it's taken us that long to actually see a queen kind of break down and cry like that on elimination. Um and I thought Rue's line of like this will feel like the end, but it really is the beginning, I thought it was you know, kinda of, kinda of poignant. But yeah. it definitely had a gave the episode kind of a bit of bittersweet ending. And
0: there's right. like uh, I don't think anything worse than when you're lip syncing and rue is like not feeling it like that look on rue's face when she's just like you're going home and i don't like what you're doing and you can't save it and i'm disappointed is the worst like i would probably break down on stage too because you know that there's nothing that you can do you know
1: yeah it's really embarrassing i know she just felt humiliated and like I know that I've come off as like rude and callous um but I'm very empathetic and seeing that I hated Ugh, I don't I don't like to watch someone crash and burn when they're not like in on the joke you know that part's hard
2: but then I mean Michelle's iconic line of not a word right at the end like she she she, she turns the knife
1: <laughs> she deserved it though you know
2: she did um did you watch Untucked, Jesse? I didn't. Well, <clears throat> not too much to, to note other than my I think my favourite line of the whole episode was kind of out of nowhere Amanda goes, Maya, you are so gaggy, I wrote about it in my journal. <laughs> so gaggy. gaggy. <laughs> Which makes me want release, release, give us a Taylor Swift style yeah. journal, papers, Amanda. I want to read those. I just want the train of thought. I'd say there isn't one period in the whole thing. It's just flow of words.
1: <laughs> uh, Amanda, run on sentence. Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> I, li- I, I like, I like her. She's down. won
1: me over. She's won me over. She's so funny. And like, honestly, whenever Plain was like coming after her, I did watch last week's Untucked and then like the kind of continuation of it in this episode, she held her own. Like the wit is there, which was surprising to me because I did peg her as maybe not someone who had it, Um, but she had it. And you know what? I was swayed. I'm swayed.
2: Jesse, before I let you go, I'm in a privileged position where I can ask you to predict who's going to win. <laughs>
1: Oh man. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> For me poisonally, um I would love to see a Saphira Nymphia showdown.
2: Yeah, they definitely feel like the two front runners. I'm copping mm. out and I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Sissy That Pod. Do you want to scream and share about anything that you've got going on?
1: I host a podcast called Jesse's Girls, and um, it is just about my favorite pop divas and my perspective on them and some topical things about their lives. Um, and my name does not have an "i" in it, so you can search. For me, Um, just don't put that eye
2: in there, okay? Okay, so next week, Troy is a girl group challenge uh, because it's twelve queens left. I think there's gonna be four groups of three. Who do you think is gonna shine?
0: Um, well, this is where the Broadway babies always, you know, when there's like the moment where it's like, finally, I think. So I think that Plasma is gonna do really well. Um, I don't know, but then I don't know. The girl group challenge is weird because. The people that you think are gonna do well sometimes end up flopping so hard, and you're like, wait, you can sing. Um, But I I still think that Plasma is like sure enough that she'll do great.
2: I think Mirage would have done great as well. I think like Mm. the producers were probably planning for her to stick around had she known the words. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. which is a shame. Mm. Will Geneva end up in the bottom two again? (laughs) I, if look at if prayer works, yeah. And then
0: that's the last time I'll hear of her. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well unfortunately you won't hear from us next week because we are—we t- won't have an episode next week I am at a hen in Amsterdam and I won't have any time to record so we will resume in two weeks time with episode 5 and 6 of season 16 so until then if you want to hear more head over to Instagram at sisterpod, or we've got the premium feed and I'm going to be releasing an episode on Dracula this week so that you can keep across things over there um, but until then I shall see you love you